You are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and today I want to talk about Saturday's night's win against the Carolina Panthers. And this game uh, did go in the win column, and that's all that really matters. But this was not a win that the Packers were very happy with, as this game looked like it could be the game that they really blow out a bad team. But the Packers only ended up winning this game by eight points. It was This was a disappointing win, to say the least. And Rodgers and many others felt that way after this game. And it really just shows a Packers team that knows how highly it can, can perform, but it just isn't putting together a four-quarter effort. And because of that, if the Packers play like they did on Saturday in the playoffs, they will lose straight up. So what went wrong and what went well in Saturday's game and what can we do to fix it? So first of all, this game... Uh, on the good side of that column, it was an amazing game for our defense overall. The Packers had 11 players great above average in this game, which is incredible. As I look back on the year, it really was their best defensive game the entire season. Uh, the only game that came close, I think, was the Houston Texans game in week seven, where they also had 11 players defensively great above average, and they held the Texans to just 20 points offensively in the in that game. And this isn't just some throwaway, terrible Panthers offense. This was a top 10 Panthers offense in the NFL. Tons of weapons and have been very good all year. And our defense just played solid throughout this game, even just going through drive by drive. First drive, they force three and out. Second, they make a stop and force a field goal. Third, they force a turnover. Then another three and out. Then pretty much another three and out with a four play drive. And that was the entire first half. They only allowed one scoring drive on five attempts. And uh, two drives were three and outs. One was four and out. So uh, very, very good first half overall. And then the second half, even they forced a punt after five plays and then a touchdown, a field goal, another field goal, and a turnover. In the second half, they let them score on three out of five drives. But one of those drives, the Packers again made a stop and forced a field goal and made the Panthers take almost nine minutes off the clock just to score a field goal. Our defense, even though they ended up letting the Panthers score in the second half, the offense they had, the Panthers had to use to beat the Packers took so much time that the Panthers really didn't have a chance to come back against the Packers because we just made them throw short little passes, barely down the field, run the football, maybe three-yard play, five-yard play, seven-yard play, five-yard play, over and over again, all the way down the field. And when you have a lead, you want to do that. You want to force the other team to take as much time off the clock as possible. You want to take as much time off the clock as possible. And this Packers defense was able to do that. And that was the perfect defense for this scenario. We're ahead. We want as much time to get off the clock as possible. And they're forcing these five, eight, nine-minute drives. Uh, even since the Packers played, uh, looking back, even since the Packers played the Vikings, this Packers defense hasn't always been great, but they're also not allowing a ton of points on the board or even tons of yards for that matter. If you just look back at the last game since we played the Vikings, uh, 49ers game, 17 points. Jaguars, 20 points total. But seven of those points came off a punt return touchdown, so really they only gave up 13 points. The Colts, 34 points, uh, but out of those, 17 points I think came off of turnover, so really only 17 points. Bears, 25 points. Eagles, again, total 16 points, but seven came off another punt return touchdown, so really only nine points. And then the Lions, 24 points, and Panthers just 16 points. If you take into account just defensive points given up, not counting turnovers, not counting special teams, this Packers team over the last seven games has an average of giving up just just barely over 17 points per game, which is amazing. 
That type of defense is incredible. If the Packers can reduce their mistakes in their special teams and avoid turnovers offensively, this Packers defense has proved over the last seven games that they aren't going to give up a lot of points. And and if they do give up points, it's going to take the opposing team six to eight minutes to get all the way down the field because the Packers are rarely giving up huge, big chunk plays. And if the Packers offense, uh, if they're just rolling offensively like they have in the first half, putting up big points on the board, it's huge for the Packers that this time is being drained away because that defense doesn't give the opposing offenses chances to really come back because they're not giving up big plays, they're playing safe, they're playing conservatively, and that leads to these really long eight, nine, ten-minute drives. And maybe they do score a touchdown. Maybe they only score a field goal. But um, then they realize, crap, I only have ten minutes left in the game. I only have eight minutes left in the game, and I still have to get the ball back and score another touchdown and a two-point conversion, and there just isn't enough time. And that's what's so good about this defense. They've been playing good, and then when they're ahead, they've been playing very conservative, which I don't always like, I don't always appreciate, but also when they're causing teams to take that much time off the clock and you're putting the ball back in Aaron Rodgers' hands, most of the time that's going to end up pretty good for you. Uh, Most of the time, that's going to work. 90% of the time, that's going to work. So uh, very proud, very excited about our defense moving forward. I want to, and I want to highlight some specific players who really came through in Saturday's game on the defensive side of the football. And those guys were Chan Sullivan, Adrian Amos, our rookie linebackers and our pass rushing unit. So almost, almost the entirety of the defense. But first let's look at, uh, at our secondary and Chan Sullivan and Adrian Amos. And they both had themselves career days on Saturday. They played incredible football. They were both elite defenders, especially in coverage. Watching these two guys break up several passes in this game, making great tackles, tight coverage over and over again was just so special to me. Because if the Packers can have four guys who are solid to great in coverage, with Jair being like the third, second best corner in the NFL this year on the outside, Sullivan in the slot, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage at our safety spots, we're going to be in a really good place defensively because we saw saw how hard it was for Bridgewater to even complete some passes at times and pressure get to him. And that was because our coverage was just so good on the back end. So very good game for Adrian Amos and Chan Sullivan. And then it didn't stop there, but the Panthers have leaned on their running game in young rookie Mike Davis throughout the year. But in this game, the the Panthers were able to only run for less than four yards per carry on their design run plays, which is really bad. That average would make the Packers run defense be about fifth best in the entire NFL. And that has not been the Packers defense that everyone knows. Everyone thinks Packers defense, terrible at stopping the run. Not in Saturday's game. Not in Saturday's game. And the two guys that I wanted to see more from in this game were our rookie linebackers, and they came in and both played great. Chris Barnes took over as our starting Mike linebacker, uh, making the calls, and he made some mistakes, but he was just playing so fast, so instinctual. He had an elite game, though, with an 87.4 overall grade, just playing great all over in run defense, tackling, even in coverage. And it was just a really great game for him, game for him. And then Kamal Martin also had another standard standard game for him, grading out at about 74.1, which is good, and was very good as, as a run defender in this game. If the Packers can really start to trust these guys, and if they can stay healthy, this Packers defense is going to continue to get better and better and more consistent at stopping the run, and they're just going to get a lot faster. For years, we have wanted a fast defense, but we haven't been able to because of a lack of athleticism in the middle of our defense, and that's not the case with these two rookie studs. 
I'm looking forward to seeing these two guys get more and more snaps and for Christian Kirksey to see the field less and less because Kirksey still had 49 snaps at linebacker and he just can't have that many snaps. He, and a good reason, and the only reason he had that many snaps was because Chris Barnes got hurt. He had to leave the game with an eye injury, but it doesn't seem too serious. And he should be back next week, all good to go. But Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes have to be playing 80% of those snaps. Kirksey has to be playing 20% of those snaps and putting him in only positions where he is best suited to be successful. Because right now, overall, this whole season, he has not proved to me almost ever that he is a capable starting linebacker. And that's sad because I was really hoping he was, but sometimes you just have to cut bait. Sometimes you have to realize, Hey, he's not our guy. And I'm worried. The only, my only concern is that Mike Patton does love Christian Kirksey. He was the guy who called for him. He's like, this is my man. And when you call for a guy like that, you and you're really good buddies, buddy, buddy with this guy, you want to play him. And I'm really, really hoping Patton can put his friendships aside and make the right decision for this team and get Chris Barnes, get Kamal Martin more snaps on the field because those guys deserve it. They're faster. They're more athletic. They're more instinctual and they make our defense better. And then really the last thing I want to talk about, the only really good thing I saw from the Packers in this game offensively was our running game. I said before this game that the Packers, if they're going to win in Lambeau field in December and January, we're going to have to run the football and get at least five yards per carry and 150 yards on the ground in this game. And they did just that. The Packers ran the football 27 times in this game, had 195 total rushing yards, giving them 7.2 yards per carry in this game. This rushing attack was great and was the biggest determinant of our success in this game. Aaron Jones had a really great game reading our offensive line and finding the hole. He just consistently like went up to the line of scrimmage, made one cut, found that hole, found that alley, and then just broke it away for over seven yards per carry. And it was just amazing to see. Our offensive line was very good in this game. Billy Turner putting together his best game of his career. He had an elite 92.6 overall grade. And it was just awesome to see this Packers team be able to win with their rushing attack if they need to, which they were able to do in this game. And it's good when your passing attack is just struggling and you know you can rely on your running game. That's a big deal. And the Packers were able to show that they are not just this amazing passing attack, but they have just a dynamic, very balanced team overall. Now, now that we talked about all the positives, I did start this podcast by saying this was a disappointing win. And there's a lots of reason there's lots of reasons for that. But the biggest one was our offense overall. The Packers came out scolding hot on a cold Lambeau day, scoring touchdowns on their first three drives of the game, taking a 21 to 3 lead with three minutes and fifty-eight seconds left in the second quarter, and then only scored three more points the rest of the game. In about 36 minutes of football, they scored three points, which is super, this is just awful. The Packers offense made tons of mistakes during those 36 minutes. They just weren't on the same page. They allowed pass rushers to get through quickly, dropping catches, causing penalties, which created a huge drought of offense. And if it wasn't for the Packers playing fantastic defense, we probably shouldn't have won this game. And it was just, it was hard to watch. It was frustrating to watch. The first drive after that third touchdown, Rodgers got sacked for minus 10 yards from pressure up the middle that Lucas Patrick gave up. And that pretty much ended that drive. The next drive, Alan Lazard drops the catch on the sideline, which was the exact same play that won the Cowboys game a couple of years ago that Jared Cook caught on the sideline to set up the game winning field goal. Then second half, we had a three and out. Next drive, another sack from Lucas Patrick gave up again. And then finally, 
Two drives later, another sack from Brian Burns that Bakhtiari gave up, which ended that drive. After the Packers' first three touchdown drives, the Packers scored once on their final seven drives. This is just unacceptable. The Packers are the highest scoring offense in the NFL. They were, not anymore. Uh, But at times, they just look out of it. I don't know why, but guys, they just make mistakes. They're dropping catches, missing throws, false starts, holding penalties, delays of game. And these mistakes are ending drives. And every drive is so important. The Packers started the year. Think about this. The Packers started the year going 17 consecutive quarters scoring points. Just to show you how consistent and explosive this offense was to start the year. But over the last six games, or 24 quarters, the Packers have not scored in six of those. So about one whole quarter a game, the Packers aren't scoring points. And it's making those games be so much closer than they should be. And usually it's not because the defense is so good. It's usually uh, mistakes, and the Packers have to get rid of these mistakes on offense. they got to clean them up. The Packers receivers have the second most drops in the NFL, only behind the Steelers. And the Packers have really hurt themselves lately, piling on the penalties in these last few games. This is arguably one of the best offenses in the NFL, but it could be so much better if the Packers could really clean up these mistakes. And if this offense that goes in the play, if and if this is the offense that goes in the playoffs right now, we are going to lose the, lose the very first game because our defense is good. It's playing really well, and I'm very proud of them. But against a top offense, they aren't going to be be able to hold teams to 17 points a game. It just won't happen. Our offense has to be firing on all cylinders and has to put together four quarters of quality football or we will be doomed. Some players who really struggled in this game offensively were Lucas Patrick and basically all of our receivers. Lucas Patrick gave up lots of pressure up the middle in this game, which caused Rodgers to be really uneasy, put lots of hits on Rodgers in this game, which is super dangerous and could end the season just in the matter of a second, because, uh, and that can't happen. Patrick had a 45.2 pass blocking grade, which was just awful. I'm thankful the Packers have options when Corey Lindsley does come back from injury because it might be best for the Packers to take Lucas Patrick out of the starting line, lineup come playoff time. And it's probably going to be depending on the team we play. I think the Packers will change their starting five uh, throughout the playoffs. I think if the Packers are playing a team like the Rams, who have guys like Aaron Donald, we're probably going to start Rick Wagner at tackle and have Jenkins at left guard and Billy Turner at right guard. But if we play a team like New Orleans, who have tons of top edge rushers, we're probably going to play Lucas Patrick and then move Billy Turner to right tackle. And then uh, the final group of players who were just extremely disappointing in this game were our receivers. Not one of our receivers had an above average day. Alan Lazard dropped the football. Devonta Adams had a lot of double coverage, but he did drop a catch as well. And he struggled to get open or even uh, when he did have single coverage, and then when he did get the football, he just struggled to make guys miss. He didn't get that yak that we've seen, that yards after catch that we've seen the rest of the season. Um, and then MVS couldn't get open. And other than that one touchdown catch that Tunyon made, uh, he was pretty much unnoticeable in this game. I'm not sure if it was a lack of design or a lack of getting open, but our offensive weapons can't just go missing like this and leave Rodgers just having to stand back in the pocket and take hit after hit because no one's getting open. I think maybe it was a lack of creativity because Matt LaFleur decided he didn't want to give away more on tape and he believed his guys would be good enough to win without scheme. But really, they the Packers' receive weapons offensively showed that they couldn't do that without the scheme. Uh, his receivers failed to win their one-on-one matchups and create separation on their own. And it was a very just disappointing day for a passing attack that has been deemed as the best in football at times this year. I do believe 
Um, this was a lack of design, lack of scheme, because LaFleur really thought they didn't need it against this weak Carolina defense. And I'm really hoping the Packers can bounce back this week uh, because they won't be able to beat the Titans this week if they put up if they can't put up more than 33 points on offense because the Titans are really good offensively. This week they took over as the number one scoring offense in the NFL, tied with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're right behind those two now. And so the Packers have to figure this out. They have to be ready because this week, it, this is a big win. Big win for the Packers. So, And then the final bad things I saw uh, in this game were a couple of players on defense, one being Kevin King and the other being Rashawn Gary. It's these two players who looking back, have caused the Packers to miss out on two of the best pass rushers in the entire NFL. I've been a huge Kevin King fan throughout his time in Green Bay. I loved his measurables, adding him to the team, uh, but he really hasn't panned out. I thought it was, his, it was his injuries holding him back, but last week he just showed he's just not that good of a football player. And I have really no desire to bring him back at this point. Uh, and then there's Rashawn Gary. He still has a lot of hope as a de- developmental pass rusher. I love his measurables, his speed, his power, his strength. And at times, he's he's really shown some serious promise. But still, over the course of this whole season, he just has a 56.8 overall grade, which is definitely below average. Um, and it's just kind of bad. Um, and the fact is, the Packers passed up on drafting TJ Watt, the second best, best pass rusher in the NFL right now, to move back and draft Kevin King a few spots later. And then the Packers drafted Rashawn Gary last year, who had zero production in college and passed up on the eighth best pass rusher in the NFL right now on Brian Burns. Those are the facts. And it's extremely disappointing at this point that the Packers are spending $31 million this season on their starting edge rushers, Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith, when they could have just as easily drafted TJ Watt and Brian Burns and had maybe even better production for just $6 million. That's $25 million more million you would have to spend in other places. Maybe we would have spent that on a, a starting cornerback. So we aren't talking about having Kevin King, who, who is just sucking it up right now. Or maybe a receiver. So our offense doesn't just rely on Devontae Adams creating our offense and allowing all our other guys to get open. We would have another receiver who would be able to get open on his own. And we'd have another number one guy. Maybe that's Robbie Anderson, um, the guy who has been the best receiver for the Panthers this year, who was a free agent. Maybe it's a different guy, but uh, that can't happen because we were we had $31 million spent on edge rushers that we could have simply drafted. So that obviously gets me very upset, but the draft is the most important part of building a team. And it's looking at these individual decisions and seeing where the Packers have made mistakes. It really hurts. It really hurts to see what could have been for the Packers and how much better this Packers team could be because of it. And the Packers are good. They're really good. They're favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC, but it's decisions like these that take your team from being the best in the NFC to best in the NFL. And maybe even the best team in the last five years. If, if this Packers team right now had TJ Watt, Brian Burns on the edge, and you still had Kenny Clara, Kings of Kiki on the inside, um, and then you added a starting corner that would have been a free agent in the last couple of years, um, who was much better than Kevin King, and then you add another receiving weapon, like a, trying to think, maybe Robbie Anderson, like we just said. This, this team maybe be the best it maybe would be the best team over the last five years in the entire NFL so overall though this I am excited that this defense is really finding its own as we are getting towards the playoffs I'm really hoping the Packers may consider 
uh, playing more Josh Jackson than, than Kevin King. If King can't find his own here before he gets torched in the playoffs and then the season's over because of it. And then offensively, I think we are going to be fine. It's We've been the best offense in the NFL a majority of the season. Uh, we are the third best scoring offense in the NFL still. Um, but according to PFF overall grades, um, we actually are still the best offense in the NFL. So I just want to see more consistency from our offense. I want to see a four-quarter effort. And I really think this Packers team against any defense, any defense in the entire NFL can put up 35 points a game. And if they do that, I have no doubt in my mind they can win the Super Bowl this year, especially with the way our defense is playing right now. And so uh, I, that gets me excited. But we got to fix some things. We got to be more consistent on offense. And we got to figure out um, what's going on with Kevin King at that opposite corner position. And we need more from Rashawn Gary. So that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review, so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast. And tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.